Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Milne-Tight. This time on the show, traditionally it's been men who follow their fathers into a family business, but more and more daughters are taking this route. I wanted to look into what kinds of challenges they face that their brothers don't. For one thing, what happens when you are your brother's boss? My feeling is that they really um, wouldn't want to report to me. I've never actually asked them, and my father has never told them that they should report to the president. So... We still didn't think about it as a possible career, and her dad wasn't trying to pull her on board. But a few years after graduating, she was working for another company as a personnel manager, as they called them in those days. And one day, she got a call. I knew our controller at the family company, and she was somewhat difficult to work for. And she reached out to me to ask if I wanted to be her assistant. And so um, I came to work for her. She made the offer. My dad did not make the offer. So Marty started working at her dad's company as assistant controller. But not long after she'd been hired, Marty's boss, who she said was a brilliant woman, way ahead of her time, she got sick. She smoked three packs a day. It was the 70s after all. It turned out she had lung cancer. She died soon afterwards. Marty took over her role and the company became her career. In 2000, she became president. To this day, the firm is very much a family affair. My dad is uh, still the CEO, and then um, I have two brothers who have been involved with the business, and we're all the sibs in the family. Her father is now in his mid-80s, and he lives in Florida most of the year. Marty runs things, which sounds pretty good, and it is. But there are certain things that keep niggling at her, even after all her years with the company. I'm going to play you a piece of tape. She left me as a message right before we did our interview. I'd asked her to test the iPhone technology we used to tape her half of the conversation. Hi, Ashley. This is Marty Bedigal. This is my voice memos test, and I thought I'd use it to share a thought that I had with you that maybe you'll want to incorporate into a question. Um, I shared with you that my dad has always recognized all of his children at the same level, and I can't tell you if that's because of the way that my dad is or if that is because I'm the daughter, but I can tell you that it has undermined my confidence, and um, I think a lot about how much I could have accomplished faster if I'd had that confidence. Marty's dad may have named her president, but for years there was never a proper organizational chart showing specifically who did what and who reported to whom. She says things were old-fashioned. They continued the way her dad had always done them, in part because he was still involved. But he never explicitly stated who was boss, even though you might think that was obvious. And her brothers? My feeling is that they really um, wouldn't want to report to me. One of my brothers, we actually have another business, and one of my brothers is in charge of that business. He would be the president of that that business. I I just, I, you know, I've I just think that they would have. I've never actually asked them, and my father has never told them that they should report to the president. So my 
guess is that they would have difficulty doing that. It's bugged her over the years. But during our interview, she's quick to say she doesn't think this is gender-related. She says her dad wants to treat all his children equally. That's all. And if two of his children had to report to another, that might create a difficult family situation. She says what has helped her a lot over the years is finding mentors outside the company. She thinks it's vital for women in family businesses to do this, to seek mentors who have a different perspective from the one you're surrounded by all day. I asked if her dad had been a mentor. He was, he, he, uh, sure, of course he was He was a mentor to a certain extent, but that's just one opinion. And I think that you need um, more opinions. And then when you're working for a family business, you know, you don't know if you're getting recognition, if they're just being nice to you because your name's on the smokestack, or if people are treating you and giving you the um, the responsibility that you're getting because you really have earned it. She says maybe it's just her generation of women, but even though they graduated at a time when women were told they could do everything... Women like Marty hadn't exactly been raised to be working women. She says her mum probably expected her to stay home, just like she had. So she's always felt she's had to find her way in the workplace, something her dad never had to do. Is he proud of you? Um, I don't know. She says her brothers would answer exactly the same way. Their dad is just not the demonstrative type. And over the years, Marty says things at the company have got a lot easier. Efficient systems have been put in place, new people have joined. I'm happier now because I think that we have transitioned this to a professionally managed corporation because I feel like I have a nice team, a good team, a capable team um, of people that are good at what they do. But (laughs) I guess you could kind of like attribute that back to I, I feel like there's always somebody that can do the job better than me. That lack of confidence still haunts her, and she thinks she's pretty much stuck with that mindset. She hopes young women joining family businesses today will have a lot more self-assurance. Sarah Corey is one of those women. She's 24. She's a generation younger than Marty and already head of agronomy at Daniel Corey Farms in Monticello, Maine. Now, when she was in college, she had no intention of going back to the family farm. She was studying to become a pharmacist, but partway through her college career, she changed her mind. The potato fields called her back. And her dad? She says he's delighted she's there. He's just always treated me like one of the guys. Like, Sarah, go jump in one of those farm trucks. I'm like, geez, Dad, I don't know how to drive one of those. Figure it out. Like, that's just how he's always been. And I can operate anything on the farm. That's just how he's raised me. Not that every moment of working together is bliss. Things can get testy. Um, it gets a little tricky. Sometimes we have to separate that. We get in little tiffs sometimes, you know, like a normal father-daughter would and then a normal employee-employer would. But basically they have a great relationship. When she comes up against any problems being a woman in her business, they're related to other people. Sarah is a member of a young farmers group up in Maine. They hold regular meetings. And when I go, I'm the only female. One girl surrounded by a lot of guys with a lot of attitude. And they're young guys, you know that are trying to make it in the same industry I'm trying to make it in. And it's a little difficult to, I feel like it takes me longer to earn their respect in a way, just because, you know, they they look at a female not maybe not knowing as much as they know or not having the experience, and I really have to work for it. And she does. She thinks she's winning people over gradually. With older men, she says it's less of an issue, maybe because they like and respect her dad. One thing she knows her youth brings to the business, her ease with technology. The farm didn't even have a website until she joined and put something together. 
She loves her smartphone. She's downloaded a bunch of apps and she's making them work for the business. And I can see at any given time, anywhere, like when I went to Texas to the Potato Expo this year, this past January, I could pull up my potato house and see what the temperatures were of the potatoes, what the humidity was. Remote potato farming. Her father and his friends were impressed. Dad will be like, Sarah, show them what you got on your phone. <laughs> like, you know, the older guys, too, they're like, what is that? Like Marty Bettergold, Sarah has two younger brothers, and she thinks they'll follow her back to the farm. She says she likes working there a lot more than she thought she would. Every day is different. Recently, she's been shipping potatoes everywhere from South Carolina to Egypt. That kind of responsibility gives her confidence. So do other challenges that crop up. We recently had a potato conference of Maine, and they asked me to moderate part of the section and to get up there and like you're looking out and I'm introducing the speakers and it's just all men looking back at me and it's it can definitely be intimidating can definitely be intimidating I did it last year the Maine Potato Board awarded Sarah the title Young Farmer of the Year This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code BROAD. Squarespace is constantly improving their platform with new features, new designs, and even better support. They have beautiful designs for you to start with and all the style options you need to create a unique website for you or your business. Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code BROAD, that's B-R-O-A-D, to get 10% off and to show your support for the Broad experience. And thanks. As women all over the world become more educated, more of them are going where only their brothers would have gone before. In the US, the number of women joining family businesses is almost five times greater than it was in the late 90s. Daphne Halkias is an American academic. She lives in Athens with her husband and kids. She's been studying women in family businesses for more than 10 years. She first got interested when she was teaching a class of female MBAs in Greece. She says in Greece, the family business is the core of the economy. Many of her class were daughters whose fathers were reluctantly letting them into their companies. But the working relationship was quite tricky. Daphne's edited a book on the topic. It's called Father-Daughter Succession in Family Business, A Cross-Cultural Perspective. She says you could be in cultures as different as Canada, Pakistan and Nigeria, but women joining their fathers at the family firm have a lot in common. Across cultures, we found that daughters, at first there was some resistance for daughters becoming involved in the family business, and this even goes in developed countries as well. And many times the fathers would look to if the daughter could get married and bring the son-in-law in the business. But after a while, it seemed that as the daughter worked with the father, fathers began to recognize what a jewel they had in these prospective daughters' successors. What sticking points were there, though, for these women? Because I know you said in many cases it, it, it might not have started out particularly hopefully, but then the fathers came to really admire the daughters. But what 
I think that across the board and in all cultures, a woman still has to prove herself. Okay. A boy will just from birth <laughs> be named CEO of the company someday. And we have seen a lot of corporations too that um, have failed in the second, family businesses, excuse me, that have failed in the second generation because a successor, whether male or female, was put there only because they're a family member or a successor. Hmm. And this has happened a lot with boys who were um, successors. And, there's, and that brings up a lot of family conflict as well. And of course, business problems. But girls had to prove themselves. They didn't just succeed into the business just from the day they were born. They had to go and get an MBA. They had to then work from the bottom rungs. Many times, a male successor will not be put in the bottom rungs or in the front lines to work. They'll be brought to the the leadership office, the management office immediately. A woman will have to begin from the front lines to prove herself and work her way uh, all the way up. So I would say that's the biggest sticking point. Mm. But then you also have said that, and this is, this is really interesting for somebody based in the US where there is so much angst among parents about childcare, that often in many parts of the world, that's an advantage. There's an oh. advantage to this family situation, right? Oh, yes. I think that that's another key thing that we saw between the developing world or in nations where the, the extended family is very strong. In nations, which is most of the world, you know, besides America and some other Western countries, where the extended family is very strong, families all tend to live either in the same neighborhood and many times in the same building. You know, in, in a lot, for example, across the Mediterranean and Middle East, what families do is the patriarch or matriarch will build an apartment building with six or seven apartments, and all their children and grandchildren will live in one family building. That, that's very common. Whether you, and no matter what social strata you look at it from, from the lower economic classes all the way to the highest. The extended family all live in close proximity or sometimes in the same building. This is, as they say here in the Mediterranean, many hands makes a mother's work more pleasant. Quite. And that topic of motherhood, it's a big deal for women in parts of the world where you don't necessarily have extended family around the corner. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Amy Katz runs an online community called Daughters in Charge. She's worked with lots of family businesses during her consulting career. She gradually became convinced women joining family firms needed a group they could turn to to share their experiences and seek advice or mentorship. She says one issue that crops up a lot in small family businesses in the U.S., maternity leave policies, or rather the lack thereof. She's found that pregnancies among team members are often a first at family companies. She knows one family siblings who are all working in the business and who are all owners. And when the women decide to have children and want to work out a flexible schedule, the men feel that that isn't fair. They're not typically at a point where the men would think of taking time off themselves. After all, no man ever had before. She says women in these firms are often pioneers. They may come from a job on the outside and have the task of bringing new knowledge to a company set in its ways. They may not be taken seriously by older male employees. Another thing she points out, though, is that family firms are increasingly being run by women. So sometimes these days, a daughter is joining her mother at the office. And that isn't always easy either. I even received this morning a letter from a young woman who was talking about how difficult it is to work with her mother and that their relationship has always been strained and now they're in the business world and it's becoming even more difficult to have her mother as a manager. On the other hand, there are businesses where several daughters are working with their mother and you know, learning not only to have their mother as a manager but to have their sister as a manager. My name is Jessie Lima Bolin, and I am the Director of Marketing and Communications for Best Upon Request. Jessie works for her mother's company. It provides concierge services to companies that want to provide a bit of extra support to their employees. She's 29, married with two little kids, a boy and a girl. She worked for a year or two doing other things after college, but the pull of the family firm didn't take long to exert itself. I was hired as a communications coordinator, and then we had some really fast-paced growth years. And so I ended up kind of creating my own department and getting promoted just because there was that need. And, and I really made an effort. I didn't want people to think this was kind of like the fast track because I was the boss's daughter. So that was a huge um, thing for me. I really wanted to prove myself. Jessie has two younger sisters, Natalie and Sophia. They've both joined the business too. And when Jessie began working for her mother, she decided to make some relationship tweaks for the office. I wanted it to be a professional environment, and so I decided to call her Tilly and not Mom, 
which is funny because when my sisters came to work here, that was kind of a challenge for them to get used to. And, and I said, well, it's your, it's your decision how you want to call her. But for me, it helps. And, I, and, and it also helps, you know, I'm talking to you as my boss, um, talking to you as my mentor. And then, you know, I'll say, okay, mom, now I'm talking to you as my mom. <laughs> Doesn't that get tricky sometimes? It just kind of works out. You know, my sister, Natalie, she's three and a half years younger than me, and she's actually on my team, so she reports to me. But we have a great working relationship. It just, it really works. We really care about the business, and so, you know, we can vent to one another. We can, you know, talk about what solutions we can have, and and then sometimes it's like, okay, Nat, Natalie, I, I have to talk to you about whatever, and you're my sister. And so that just helps set boundaries. Jessie says basically they're able to separate their work selves and their home selves. And she has no trouble critiquing her mother at work because they have a good relationship, which she says other employees might hesitate to do. Although Jessie sometimes wonders if her mum is being hard enough on her. There's been times where I've gone to my mom and said, you know, I really appreciate what you said to the team, you know, during corporate team meeting about me, but you've said that before and I just, I want to make sure it's not you saying that as my mom, you know, I want you to, you know, I so appreciate what, whatever you're praising me about, but I want to make sure, you know, it's not the proud mama coming out. I want you to be my boss. <laughs> she says the work relationship is definitely a dance, always a work in progress. But she says she and her sisters all want the company to be successful. And they all look up to their mom as a boss and as a parent. That's the broad experience for this time. You can see a couple of photos and check out the show notes on this episode's page at thebroadexperience.com. You can comment on the episode on the website or on the show's Facebook page. Special thanks to Amy Katz this week. The whole idea for this show came from her, and I stole her company's name as the show's title. The Broad Experience is supported by the Mule Radio Syndicate. Go to muleradio.net and check out some of their other great podcasts, including Destination DIY, and everything sounds. I know I said several weeks ago that there'd be a break between shows, but then I ended up filling it with a couple of re-releases. Anyway, this time there really will be a gap before the next show comes out in May. I'll see you then. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening.